So Marty McFly travels from 1985 to 1955. Yes. So if we today got in a time machine and went back 20 years, 2021's Back to the Future would be set in 2001. That's depressing. I don't, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is, what did you say? You said eight, 85 to... 55. It's 30 years. Oh. <laughs> 2001? No. Am I right? It'd be 91. Oh, that's yeah. still shit. <laughs> I'm glad maths isn't what you need. <laughs> to infinity and beyond. First, what's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. And don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film. Marty leads an ordinary life. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Well, history is going to change. And 1985 is not his year. But Dr. Brown is about to change all that. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? He's sending Marty 30 years back in time. Now, he's trapped in the past. This has got to be a dream. About to meet... Chocolate. ...his future father. He's a peeping tough. Wow! And he's making an impression on his mother. He's an absolute dream. And he can sleep in my room. Ah. Anything you do could have serious repercussions on future events. Now, he's got to make his mother and father fall in love. For crying out loud, I haven't even been born yet. And only Dr. Brown... <laughs> can help him get back to the future. Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Precisely. Michael J. Fox. Whoa, this is heavy. Christopher Lloyd. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Back to the future. Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I am Scott. I'm Jason. I am Great Scott is what I am today. Great Scott. <laughs> great Scott. There is, I love Back to the Future so very much. Yes. Um, I have to say that for me, it's one of the films which I would say sits almost as a perfect film for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's the best film ever made or anything like that, but I don't believe there's anything you could do to tweak it, that given when it was made. Yeah, and the pacing, everything in it, um, that would make it any better. It's so solid, and I think because that script was so painstakingly written, 
And as much as I adore Back to the Future 2 and 3, which we will talk about today, they it, that's why they don't work quite as well as the first film. Yeah, because yeah. they're much, much, much more rushed in production to get them out because the first film was so successful. Yeah. Um, uh, they still deliver, don't get me wrong. I still yeah. like them. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those ones where I certainly... I would go and watch the first one again yeah. very quickly. Um, I'd be hesitant not, to... Not trilogy. so keen on the other two. Yeah. Um, yeah. But coming back to the original... It's one of these cases where you know, I sort of feel privileged in cinema in some ways because I, I went to see it at, uh, I guess, it, what was the name of the cinema at that time? It was a different name. It became Village on Pitt Street, I think, but doesn't exist anymore. Sure. So this is in Sydney. And uh, we heard about it and went in and saw it and just... Walked out completely blown away by <laughs> what I'd just seen. And it was, um, in terms of the 80s, it it was certainly one of the most amazing special effects films and conceptual, delivered in a way that you could digest and enjoy. Yeah. So yeah. time travel films always have this <laughs> issue yeah. where they can come across a bit heavy and... Depending yeah. on what they're dealing with, though, the themes of what they're dealing with, like you go something like Looper as a time travel film where you're interrupting the past and stuff like that, yeah. isn't nearly as enjoyable or fun to watch or think about afterwards as it no. is Marty McFly almost sleeping with his mum. Like, yeah. There's just something much more like relatable and enjoyable and maybe not relatable, that's a weird choice of words, but you know what I mean. Yes, yeah. Oh, it, it's just so much more fun to it's enjoy. A, you know, you're watching this kid, really. Yeah have to deal with what he has to deal with and it's way beyond what you'd expect for the norms, yeah. which is fine. That's science fiction and fantasy. And, yeah, going as from that. the 80s to the 50s. And from the 80s to the 50s, the 50s, it was that far back at the time where in the 80s, the 60s was still a little bit alive, if you want, mm. attitude. And the 70s was definitely still remembered and sort of being rejected, I guess, but the 60s sort of had their reemergence, I guess, mm. at that point. But the 50s was like, that's <laughs> ancient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, only to kids like me who yeah, are watching yeah. films like Back to the Future. Yeah. But it, it was a really bygone era comparatively to the 80s. Yeah. And it was a distant enough change in culture for that to be so effective <laughs> for him going back to that time. Um, I... I imagine if it was made today, you'd probably have an even more potent effect of the differences. Of the <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it'd become a little more complicated mm. because of, you know, we've got the whole digital uh, wave that's washed over us now comparatively. But, um, yeah, it was nostalgic, I think, for a lot of people, which is why it was successful. Yeah, it's kind of invoking that happy days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And... It was extremely well acted. Uh, they, I mean, Michael J. Fox wasn't exactly the first choice, too, Ooh, which was interesting. Eric you know, Stoltz. Interesting. Eric Stoltz started filming it. And I think even, in fact, you'll find he's still in it in bits. Yeah, shots from behind. So yeah, they filmed like quite a bit. Um, but uh, Spielberg was very unhappy, I think. Was it Spielberg? Or or Zemeckis, Zemeckis, I think. Was one, of them, one of the two out. was... 
feeling like he was bringing it down mm. by being really serious. And whereas Michael J. Fox had enough levity. Yeah, he has an to, energy about him. That. To sort of go, yep, he's frantically dealing with it and we believe his emotions, but he's funny and... Yeah, which is what the movie... Appealing. Obviously needed. <laughs> yeah, it didn't need to be that dark. So that that's an interesting aspect to it, the fact that it did that. Mm. Um, and you can find plenty of pictures of... Yeah, of Stoltz, Stoltz doing, doing the scenes. Yeah, so it's a, a, I mean, really unlucky for Stoltz, I imagine. It's sort of one of those things where he was almost what his this, career have been yeah, like. Yeah, uh, and it, it sort of reflected... On the same token, though, I think it's is impressive for a movie made by Hollywood, not that the movies then were kind of like quite what they are now by mm. formula and committee and things like that, but to be like, it's not working, we need to go back and fix this. Yeah, but I think that's um, Spielberg's power at that point. Oh, yeah, probably. Because yeah, he's... he's the at, by this point, he was... The he most was powerful the biggest, man in Hollywood. Yeah, so he he could take that risk and take that time mm. without a problem. And, yeah, it, it shows. But just so much detail has gone into the production of this film. Um, the script is tight. Like I can't think of any dialogue in there that... Doesn't have Need to be relevance. Yeah, yeah. Every interaction has a payoff somewhere. Yeah, uh, right down to you know the, the <laughs> Uncle Joey. And yeah, the talking bars. about Uncle, just exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Just yeah, like that, complaining at the dining ta- dining yeah. the, the dining room table, and then it sort of like yeah comes back with the punchline later. Yeah, and um, it, I'm trying to think. I'd, I'd say that's the lightest bit of dialogue in the whole film. That's one that stood out. That sort of went. Oh, well, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, because it's, a, it's a, just for thing. a joke, but yep. it's still it works. It's set up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's well, it, it's also kid. it's also really brought home the fact that he was there with his family. Yeah, you know, and there's a little baby who's you know, now in prison. <laughs> jailbird Joey. Yeah, jailbird Joey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it really, really well done in terms of that script. I I, I know that it went through a lot of work, mm. as you said. And refinement and refinement and they it really shows. made sure it worked. Uh, to the visual script. It's one of these films that... There's not many films that you can say that have Easter eggs within themselves. <laughs> yeah, about themselves. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, you know, the Twin, twin Pine, pine mall, mall becomes the Lone, lone Pine, pine mall. <laughs> All these little so things. So clever. Yeah, and you don't notice them at first. No. Right? Like, it's... Because he runs over one of the pines. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But then, that, you know, and a really nice mix of the cover of the, uh, his dad's book when he comes yeah. back. And that looks like the DeLorean in the barn as a UFO. And, yep. Um, it, it just has so many little Easter eggs about itself, which yeah. is so bizarre. And well, I think it's, it's just the, the, the work and forethought put into it. Yeah. Um, and maybe they just saw as they went the potential. Yeah. Going, oh, wait, we can do this and add that little bit, and they did. Um, but coming back to the characters in it, uh, they're all so well-rounded characters. Like They're convincing. Like yeah. Biff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I Biff. Have to Biff. <laughs> I say Biff first because he's the such a great bully. He is the greatest cinematic villain of all time. <laughs> oh, wow. That's of all huge. time. Wow. Of all time. Okay, because Scott, explain that in the, one. In the 50s, he's a dick. 
In the eighties, he's a dick. In the freaking wild west, he's a dick. <laughs> in the future, he's a dick. In the alternate future, he's a dick. He's almost like Trump in the alternate yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's like just. <laughs> And he's, let's be real, he's a rapist as well. Like he's just a, the most vile human being. And he, and, But you, you kind of like, uh, you hate him, you really do, but he's oddly likeable in like a weird... Well, you, you know that he's pathetic as yeah, well. Yeah. That's the thing. He does come across that way. And it's uh, just, if anything, it's cr- you know, kudos to... Um, I'm just trying I to remember the actor's name, name now because I have to... Look it up, and that's really bad of me. I have to say, uh, Thomas he, Wilson. That's it. Um, it it's so well done. Yeah, he, <laughs> uh, he, it would have been easy for him to just be aggressive and be threatening. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's a big dude. Yeah, and he could just do that all the time, but he's not. He's sort of he he's a bit um, weaselly and slimy. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he he. Obviously, is a classic bully in that the moment. Oh, he's like the archetype. The comes 50s. up to him. He'll be like, "Oh no, I've got to hide things. And yeah. I'm, I'm okay, sir. Sort of, nothing's going." And on then here. when he's he's sort of defeated, you see how truly pathetic he is when they when Marty goes back to that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's so well done. And then you know. Um, he doesn't pick on anybody like bigger than him. He only picks on like <laughs> George McFly, which. Yeah. Uh, like he picks on people smaller than him, he's that yeah, kind of. Yeah, I guess bully. so. I don't know whether I get to establish it that much there, but mm. um, he certainly shows that pathetic aspect to the classic bully. Yeah. And so in in some essence, there it's brought out a reality of a bully, and it's what makes his character so well done. <laughs> and you know, I, I know it's an odd one to start with. He's but, a great character, though. Like, he, and he is the antagonist of. Of Marty. Every timeline, every... (laughs) (laughs) So, and then, of course... Every eventuality. (laughs) And then, of course... And this is probably one of the reasons the other two don't quite have the same greatness, is Crispin Glover. (laughs) (laughs) As George McFly. Yeah. He's so good. He's... Yeah, he is fantastic. He's so good. Um his, his awkwardness isn't just an awkwardness. It looks like a genuine awkwardness. And from what I've heard about Crispin Glover, it he's a bit be. of an unusual guy. And um, But he brings that across so well. He's not this sort of revenge of the nerd nerd, for one. Yeah. He's just this really awkward kid. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. He sort of lacks confidence and that shows up in it. That's part of his character and yeah. what he's got to go through as an arc but the way that he shows it and, and when he's 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 growing up as his dad and his laugh <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like he's almost doing a a 50s comedy laughed as the dad uh, yeah, yeah. to the 50s comedy show and yeah it's like the laugh track <laughs> <laughs> it's just so well done yeah and that and they, they yeah thoroughly abandon him as the series goes on. I well I think he was asking well, he, more or whatever what reason or Oh they didn't want him back. To, didn't want him back, was yeah. it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's why they yeah, just sort of cut the but, but yeah, you're right. The, the first film works because his character's so good. Yes. And the and Marty's success depends upon 
fixing his dad <laughs> yeah, in a way. Essentially, yeah. 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 Well, not fixing him, but, but saving him, making sure that, you know, he does get to where he's got to go and, you know, because he inadvertently upset that timeline. Yeah. Um, it, it's so well done, uh, like character. And then, you know, uh, Leah Thompson's really solid and Chris Lloyd, uh, I have to say, he's just drawing from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest a bit. In his character, but he's he's um, he's certainly got that mad professor, and uh, with character, isn't he, you can see he's not just going wacko. That, no, no, he's, he's he's considerate, and he's sort of, I guess, trying to. He's excited about the ideas that work, and it gives it that he's little a bit more depth. He's, he's, but he, well, he's no, enthusiastic. He's, he's, he's a very enthusiastic scientist. He's not a doesn't come across as a normal scientist. <laughs> um, so he's he's got a screw loose there, but it, it's not just you know totally crazy. Which I think yeah. if he went that well, it way, makes him endearing. It's what makes the right. friendship work. Yeah, and um, you know just his sort of constant references to you know, well, what's wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull or something because <laughs> he keeps saying, oh, that's heavy. That's heavy. <laughs> um, you're, you're always interested in that knowledge of... The future. Well, not necessarily the future, but just um, the things yeah, in general. Just, yeah, so he's trying to figure everything he out. He wants to know everything. And so it really gets relayed in the character. So it's a really nice casting choice there of Chris Lloyd being in it. So... Yeah, and then of course we've got Michael J. Fox, who I have to say, it, it, I can't comment on Stoltz because I never well, really we saw it. No one so, it. Uh, but at the time, Michael J. Fox was. He, he was probably was one the of them. He, he was in? a big personality. He was in Family Ties. Yeah. And that was very big at the time. And his character was very popular because it was the 80s kid yeah. in their hippie family. Yeah, that's right. And um, then he comes into this being more just an everyday high school kid. Yeah. And does it very well. You know, he's sort of embarrassed by his parents. He's, you know, all he wants to do is go so out play with his girl and, and play music yeah, and that's Aspirations it. and... You know, and um, then... Happens to be friends with the doc, which it's probably the only unexplained bit. I have to say, <laughs> How did why? He, why is yeah, this, why? Why is this old man keeping this high school <laughs> kid around? <laughs> so it's yeah, it's a bit unusual. In that but sense. you kind of just but you accept, accept it. it. Yeah. yeah. Why well, he just walks in, strolls in, doesn't he? Yeah. So it's always always using the doc for guitar advancements yeah, or something. Knows, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but even like people in the world question it, like Strickland's. Like, yeah. What are you doing hanging yeah, around, around that whole like? Yeah, so it's actors are really making it work. Mm. Um, conceptually, it you couldn't get a better dramatic conflict. <laughs> it's sort of like, <laughs> um, you know, you, you've gone and upset your own existence. Yeah, your, your, your very existence is attracting your mother to yourself. <laughs> By ending up where your dad was because he was, you know, being a peeping Tom. <laughs> He's a peeping <laughs> Tom. <laughs> it's See, when you explain it, it sounds odd, but, like but it's, no, it's, but it's such a it's such a 
Yeah, well, the idea that like, and, and once again, it's sort of paid off with like, oh, I wouldn't have met him if your dad didn't get hit by the car. Uh, yeah, what were you doing there? And he goes, oh, I don't know. on some <laughs> woman in the street. But again, that's that Easter egg. Yeah. It's sort of like even that comment earlier on where he's sort of going, oh, I don't know what it was. Or, and now we know. Yeah. It's so much of the film's like that. Yeah. Um, I, and to juggle that and pace it the way it's paced... It's amazing. Um, yeah, interestingly, we're talking about a Zemeckis film twice in a row here because uh, we've yeah, had you, the witches. heard our witches episode. Um, and I have to say, this is sitting thousands and thousands of <laughs> films above <laughs> <laughs> his latest effort. Um, it's... Yeah, it's got, it's got that uh, flair and character that he can put into films really well. Yes. That just is not in the witches at all no um the special effects at the time were yeah. just a blow away still looks the, fine and it it just holds up there's a few things with the flames on the street that probably don't quite work but oh yeah, yeah the, the yeah. sort of almost rotoscoped effects yeah um it'd be nice if they just cleaned them up because they can do that yeah um, i i think if they did that it would stand the test of time for a very 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 <laughs> yeah. long time although i was like to the point of the old War of the Worlds does. Yeah. Because it's so impressive, even when it was made. Um, the the humour in it's great. and The jokes are never not funny. No. It's a film that I've watched I don't know how many times and I still laugh. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's 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 such an awkward situation. You can't <laughs> It's the only <laughs> reaction your yeah, body can... Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's a bit icky. <laughs> you know, his, his mum's after him. and Yeah. But... It does help create all that humour. But even stuff like, that's it, Biff throwing the ball on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> With the kids. Go yeah. get it. <laughs> Make like a tree and get out of here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did like that in the next films where he actually corrects he him. Corrects whacks him over the head and goes, it's leave. It's leave, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, weird, weird fact about me. I don't often cry in movies at all. Normally I'm just sort of like, I'd like oh yeah, okay, cool. I knew that was coming, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm just, it just doesn't. It's not something I do in movies. Mm. But, but I've cried in Back to the Future once. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why is that? We went for the, um, it was the anniversary that was meant to be like the date Marty went to the future or something. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah yep. 2015, yep. I think it was. Yeah, and they showed it on the big screen. And it was like at the end of the movie where like, He's driving down the street and Doc gets the wire and, and I got like overwhelmed <laughs> with like <laughs> happiness. <laughs> like the music beats. It's like such a perfectly constructed sequence of like mm. tension that I got like overwhelmed. I started crying and my wife looked over and she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it like like that like that movie just it's it's so perfect. It like overwhelmed me yeah. <laughs> in that moment. Uh, it, like they're using the ticking time bomb idea yeah. but it's it's just so cleverly constructed yeah like there's, there's so many elements at play going on at once but you can follow it and this is why i said that earlier it's this time travel film where nothing gets out of your grasp yeah through the entire thing yeah there's never a point where you're like but what when, what happened yeah. when yeah it just it's that well constructed um and you know it's got scenes in it which are really classic to the point of, you know, where he's... Pl- 
playing Johnny Be Good. Yeah. And, yeah. and turning into sort of Van Halen-esque <laughs> type music and you know, everyone just looking at him going, what the hell? <laughs> so you call him Marvin Berry? Chuck Berry's cousin. But yeah. Marty McFly sort of wrote Johnny Be Good. <laughs> um, it, it really stuck in the mind. I mean, I, I say that one because that's the one where it's hitting that crescendo of the whole film yeah and so it's almost like this rock and roll celebration of he's finally done it of course we're still going to have a few little problems yeah, after still hiccups. It, but it it was just so well done and it is a bit that i liked about the second one is when he's oh, crawling over well, the top that's what makes the second film quite interesting all right yeah. so if we're going to move forward with yeah. the back to the future franchise so yeah back to the future part two is we, I think we briefly touched on it in our sequels, sequels episode, yeah. but if we can finally get, explore it, it's it's definitely a sequel, but it's also occurring at the same time as the first film. Yes, it's a, a tangential or a parallel... <laughs> interquel. It, no, it's a parallel <laughs> yeah. film, if you want, and it, it is a sequel, but becomes a parallel, and that's that time travel stuff, but... It, it is its fault, mm. is that all of a sudden the time travel becomes a bit more complicated and he even has to pull out a chalkboard to yeah. <laughs> explain to the audience. So we're now a, here and this is what's going and, uh, on. And, and um, I mean, it's not that complicated, but just the fact that that had to happen sort of makes it a little more jarring than yeah. everything the, else. The, it's not as seamless as the first film. No, the first one you don't even need any no. explanation. You know, he's back there, this is happening, he's... Disappearing. He's disappearing on the photo and that's it. Yep. Um, but it does have clever aspects to it. Mm. So um, I, I'm i not a huge fan of it. I find it's... Goes on tight. Thank that you. Was a very silent sneeze I there. my best. <laughs> he almost blew his brains out <laughs> holding his nose. Um, yeah, it, it's not as seamless. It's the darker aspect to it is okay. I mean, I, I like the fact that it ended up being Trump memes. <laughs> it's, it's well, yeah, but I mean, even the hair, like the the Biff Tenant Tower or whatever yeah. it's called, and yeah, um, I I I would have liked more of the future, future first or something. It just sort oh, of okay. So like the the 2015, yeah. Like when it's, yeah, it's it's not a particularly important part of the. Well, all it is is about getting the almanac, and that's s- it. Yeah, it, and it, it, well, it's a setup. It sort of. So, I guess it's got his own character arc for the end of the third film because he sees that he can't play guitar anymore because of his car accident and mm. so on. But see, we it, it's all really complicated at this point, and it's not neat. It, it, you go oh, okay, he can see that, but you have to watch the next film for that to, to resolve. Yeah. Um, it it sort of tries to borrow too much from the first one, I think, to make. Well, I think because it, really it was never live. really meant to be. Mm. It was never pre-planned that way. It, certainly, though, there are elements that feel like, oh, I guess they might have thought about that. Yeah, but it, you know, it, it, the time wasn't taken to iron out, but what could have been all these problems. But the first one is so well written. Mm. 
that you, you know, if there were issues, they fixed them and they figured out how to do it. They sink their way into the next two. Yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately I, still, I have still to say I really enjoy them. I still really enjoy them. I do, but I think that's a lot to do with um, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. Being so likeable. And Biff. You know, it's yeah. sort of, they, the characters are fun. Um, I think his mum's wasted, Leah Thompson's wasted in the, in second, the second one. one. Yeah, and the third one too. Just, yeah. yeah. So grand, great, great, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a bit of a waste there. A, a weird little bit with Michael J. Fox playing his daughter, Marty McFly's daughter. Um, yeah. Which, <laughs> I, I'm not sure why they did that. Uh, it, it's... I guess to make it look like him, mm. and you know, it's I guess fairly convincing, but it's just that little bit too jarring for yeah. me. It's um, it's him cross dressing really, and that's uh, it. Yeah, and then they do it like him playing his ancestor and stuff as well with a really dodgy Irish accent. Oh and yes, and yeah, yeah. Seamus McFloy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we need an Irish name. So, yeah, Shades. leading on, I, I mean, I just have to go to the third one at the same time here because I just don't feel that they have enough in them to make well, the them remarkable. Th- the third feels very light. I enjoy it because I really like westerns and that's, it, mm. this, this movie might be where my love of westerns started. <laughs> Watching it as a <laughs> oh, kid, wow. yeah, like, like, yeah. I, I like westerns. It was like probably the first western I ever watched, you wow. know what I mean? Even though it's not, it's not really a western. a western. Yeah. yeah, but like gunfights and that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. the, the, the kind of way it then plays on the man with no name stuff that he watched yep. in the second movie. and yep. uh, Yeah, but it's much more superficial than the than two even. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, it gets to the point it where just it goes is. For a it's big, a franchise. Let's get as much money as we can out of the franchise yeah. to me. That's what it strikes me as. Uh, it's got nice little elements in it in terms of you can see the previous point of the town and how it's building and you can sort of spot those uh, Easter eggs again if you want. And call them Easter eggs because it is. It's sort of like, oh, yeah, that's that. And, you know, that's there and so on. Um, But, you know, I, I just... They don't appeal to me in the end, and I've watched them with the kids, and I think that's probably the last time I'll watch two and three. Yeah, uh, just because there's not a lot to get out of them, mm. and you know, Elizabeth Shoes fine as his girlfriend as a little change. The, the you know, she gets involved girlfriend. in there, yeah, but um, again, there's not much there. She doesn't yeah. get to do much. No, she doesn't do anything. She gets knocked out, and then she's. <laughs> Yeah, so in a daze for the rest of the film, and then kind of mm. it's all resolved at the end. Yeah, I, I'd say the only thing holding them all together is the fact that you know Michael J. Fox is so personable, mm. um, and you know he. I, I don't know whether he's got a great range of acting because I don't think I've seen him do a lot of real character acting. Um, he's trying to think of yeah, I mean like Frighteners. Yeah, but again, I'm just trying to think of stuff. That's I'm not. I'm not saying that's an example. No, of no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I understand. Uh, yeah. you know, I've seen him do quite a few things. He did things like Doc Hollywood and um, uh, Secret of My Success. He's quite good in. Um, oddly enough, he does a little turn in Scrubs, right? The TV yeah, show. Yeah, and I'd have to see that. He's one, quite. Yeah, he's like the sort of 
the genius surgeon that everyone worships and then you realise by the end of it that he's like losing his mind mm. and has lost his touch. Oh, I think I have has seen like a, that. Has like a full breakdown. No, I think quite, I have seen quite that. Quite dramatic. Now. Yeah, no, I think I've seen that. Yeah, that's that's good. And he was in Spin City, I think it was called, was it? Is that For a long time, yeah. yeah. Um, and again, it's a sitcom sort of thing though and... Yeah, it, was he, he was in a war film. He was in a war film. Um, yes, he was. He was in. Mm, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Just, yeah, of like a he's Vietnam the one, film. Yeah, he's the one who he witnesses the soldiers doing a war crime. I'm pretty sure, but I can't remember it. Um, yeah, look, he's he's a great actor. He's but he's one of those actors that sort of will fit a role but won't make a role. Casualties of war. Okay, that's it. So he's he's really solid, and because he's so personable, it works. And Biff Tannen, <laughs> as you said, he I, to be honest, that's the reason that all three films hold together. Uh, yeah, it, it's actually him. And <laughs> he Michael J. Fox, uh, you, you know, you, you've got your your hero and your villain. Those two. He are apparently the, carries the around films. a whole stack of photographs of himself in the trunk of his car. Yeah, because he got so tired of people stopping him for autographs but having nothing for him to sign. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just like, "Here you go." <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's. Back to the Future for me, yeah. uh, I, I I can't comment a lot on it as a franchise because I, I do think it dwindles. It, it sort of it's, it's out. Yeah, diminishing returns in the last two. But that said, yeah. I still find that it's if you sit down and watch a trilogy of films, you could do a lot worse. Oh, certainly. You could do a lot worse <laughs> than watching the three. Yeah. yeah. And I will probably still say that, like, all right, I'm not saying that Back to the Future is better than The Godfather. <laughs> Well, they're different but films. They're so very I don't, different. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't compare. But like, if you were like to that. sit down and watch three films, I still think that Back to the Future has like kind of a more ah oh yeah than Godfather Part Three. Well, it's definitely interlinking much more than yeah. uh, the Godfather trilogy. Yeah, it's, it's got, uh, I guess, a, a closing loop, which is interesting because it's a time travel <laughs> yeah. film, but it closes the loop, and I guess that's what helps make that narrative continue that way because they've got to end. Where they began almost, yeah, and um, that's that's probably its strength. Yeah. Whereas Godfather this Three, we've got to watch you know, someone just get worse and worse as a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which isn't the most enjoyable thing to do. No, but yeah, I I, find, I still find two and three fun to watch. They're certainly nowhere near as good as the first film is if you were just looking at it as a film, but as no. a trilogy, they're still very entertaining. Absolutely, yeah. And if you haven't seen them, you definitely have to yeah, see Hey, what them. are you doing? What are you doing there? What are you doing this getting this far? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've been Scott. And I'm still Jason. Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddy and Scott Souter. The clip for this week's show was the trailer for Back to the Future and the song at the end was Back in Time by Huey Lewis and the News. If you're enjoying the show, guys, I please invite you to jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. If you'd like to follow us on socials, we are at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod or you can follow us on Twitter at popcultureau. Oh.